gentlemen, welcome back. Please go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Steve Hartland, once again, not in studio today. However, much, much closer than he has been the past couple weeks. Steve, how you doing, brother? Well, I have two answers to that. The first answer is I'm in mourning. <laughs> After two weeks on the beach, are you kidding, man? I'm back home. I'm back to work. It was a really, really busy day today. For yeah. the hearers, it's about 9 p.m. right now when we're recording this. Yeah. And I got up at 4.30, and I've been going, going, going all day. Oh. So uh, didn't even get to go to the gym today. Now, you know that's a bad thing. Yeah, I know, so, man. Uh, so, one, I'm in mourning. But number two, uh, actually, I'm, I'm having a little celebration here. It was such a profitable day. I can finally settle down and enjoy this podcast. So I got myself – I'm doing something very uncharacteristic of me, and that is um, I'm having a beer. That's characteristic. Ooh. But But – the uncharacteristic thing is I almost always have IPAs, but I don't know. Do you experience this? They bloat me. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel bloated and stuffed after a distended stomach thing. Yep. So tonight, I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit I'm having a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. That's not as bad as I thought you were going to say. <laughs> so, so, I was going Coors Light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam Adams is happened. Sam Adams is my low my low point. Like that's the low that's the low end of the spectrum. <laughs> that will that is the lowest I will go is Sam Adams. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, so that so that's not bad. <laughs> I actually right, thank you for that. I actually enjoy Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Actually, their um, their fall mix pack is one of my favorite mix packs that you can get of. Um, you know, uh, in, in the beer company. Um, I really, I enjoy their pumpkin one that they put out in that. Their yeah, Oktoberfest. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm hanging with you on that. I'm hanging with you on that. Um, so that's great. Right. That's great. Um, want to do a quick shout out to mission aware. Um, love those guys over at mission aware, all the great products they're putting out and they're constantly adding new things to, um, to their repertoire, so to speak. Get all fancy on this podcast here, um, but repertoire, yeah, that's right. Um, so they're always putting out great products. Um, you know, Steve, we've talked so much about the different things that they have with their uh, Yeti mugs. We've talked about um, different uh, moleskin journals you can get. We've talked about the Post Tenenbaum Lux After Darkness Light shirt. Um, I want to go ahead and put a little plug in for uh, these. Go to eleven. We have our own page up there, and we have our own great products on there that you can get with our uh, unique label. Uh, to them, you can get t- sh- t-shirts, the journals, the Yeti mugs, coffee mugs. Um, you know, so go ahead and check out Mission Aware and check out the These Go to Eleven page. Uh, and pick up some great products. You know, it. Uh, I said this last week, and it's still true. Um, Christmas is only inching closer and closer. Um, so this is your opportunity to, you know, get in on some great deals and see uh, see what you know what other products they have to offer. One of the things that I um, that I think I'm going to end up getting is they have the um, huge book of Romans poster all written out. They have it in the English and the Greek, and um, I have uh, a friend of mine uh, that I would like to give that to for Christmas. So, um, you know, check them out. Great services, great products, uh, Mission Aware. You know what? I've never, till now, I've never looked at the These Go to 11 page at Mission Aware. Uh-huh. So I just, just dialed it up here, and wow, that's some good-looking stuff, Isn't man. it? Yeah, like, it's I'm slick. I'm looking at there's a... Uh, there's a these go to eleven pint glass. Yes. 
ooh, that's pretty nice looking. Yes. And uh, there's a black mug, these go to 11, that's pretty nice. But then there's this T-shirt that just says, these go to 11. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, man, I could wear that around. That'd be all right. Yeah, you know, and I feel like with our logo, you've got those people who ha- who get the reference and are going to be like, oh, that's a great shirt. Where'd you get that? Yeah, Spinal Tap. That's right. So, you know, yeah, definitely. I'm glad uh, glad you checked that out. Um, yeah, good looking stuff. Steve, today we're going to be talking about uh, some different ideas and thoughts on uh, Bible study or studying the Bible, I should say. Um, you know, that could lead into... Uh, Bible study and and the like, um, but we're going to be talking about some different thoughts and ideas on studying the Bible. Uh, just wondering, Steve, if you have a thought on uh, a book that you enjoy um, using. Um, I know, uh, you know, any of the commentaries that we could mention. We mentioned Luther's um, uh, Luther's commentaries. Uh, was it Luther's commentaries we mentioned? Um, or I'm sorry, Calvin's commentaries um, on, you know, any of the books are always going to be valuable resources. And I feel like reform guys are typically going to be drawn to Luther or uh, Calvin or, you know, some of the big ones. But are there, are there any books that you might recommend or a book that you might recommend, um, you know, h- how to study the Bible or how to get, you know, everything out of the study that you're doing. Um, anything like that, Steve? Well, there's not really one book that I would recommend on that, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, if you just Google that, like how to study the Bible or yeah. Bible study methods or whatever, you're going to get like a hundred million hits. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, I'm looking at it right now. I just Googled it. Yeah. Here's, um, uh, method, 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 method. Here's, uh, four ways to study the Bible, three ways to study the Bible, eight ways to study the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just all kinds of stuff available right there. And uh, I, I read through some of these earlier. A lot of good ideas. I didn't see any bad ideas in the whole bunch. Yeah. Um, so you can get pretty good help right there. But you mentioned commentaries. I'm, I'm a big fan of a good commentary. Like yeah. I would not recommend usually I wouldn't recommend buying a set on the whole new Testament. Let's say right, I would right. buy individual commentaries. Here's the one I want for Philippians. And if you don't know which one that is, you know, contact somebody who does talk to your pastor or somebody. Um, so a good commentary is a big help if you're going to study a book. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, the one that kind of set me, on uh, the path for getting more in depth is how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Um, oh and, yeah, that's famous. Yeah, I you know it's funny because I totally forget the author, but I remember uh, the one piece of advice that has stuck with me all these years is if you know you're going to read a passage, don't read it once, read it through three times. Because man, the, I love that. Yeah, the first time you read it, it just kind of washes over you, and you're just kind of looking at it. And then the second time you read it, you actually start to pick up the things and, and um, what's going on in the passage. And so by the time you hit it the third time, you're really grabbing into and digging into the meat of the passage and starting to explore it and really, you know, pull into it. Um, so that has been something that I have um, kept and that I have advised uh, students on, no matter whether I was teaching Bible or science or whatever I was teaching is, you know what, read, read whatever you're reading three times and it will begin to sink in more deeply than just kind of breezing over at once. That's good stuff. You know, the, the authors of that book are Gordon Fee mm. and Douglas Stewart. Gordon yes. Fee is, uh, 
he was a professor. Maybe he's emeritus or something now. I don't know. Uh, New Testament professor, New Testament studies, whatever it was, at Regent College in Vancouver, mm. where R.C. Sproul was, uh, not R.C. Sproul, I'm sorry, where J.I. Packer was also um, very active. Yep. So, uh, Gordon Fee is a great scholar. Yeah. And then Douglas Stewart is at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Oh, okay. Um, he's, I think he teaches Old Testament there, biblical studies or something. Anyway, two really great guys. I'm more familiar with Fee. Yep. Yeah, fabulous book. Nice. Glad you mentioned that. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, that's the one that I definitely recommend. And like I said, I was, I was a junior or senior in high school and, um, my guidance counselor at the school I went to, um, recommended that book. We were, we were meeting, um, once, once or twice a week to do a Bible study and he recommended that book to me. And so we went through and read that book and did a, did a study in the book of, um, first and second Timothy. And so, um, you know, and you, you definitely did not go to the high school I went to. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. To have a guidance counselor recommend such a thing. That's amazing. Yeah, I was, well, I, I went, I mean, in all fairness, I went to a small private Christian school. So, um, yeah. you know, a little, little bit of a, yeah, a little bit of a difference with, uh, the guidance counselors there, but, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, still something I remember to this day. Yeah. And, um, so Steve, uh, let, let me another, just, yeah, hang, go ahead. Hang on, another sure. option right there. Uh, rather than buying a commentary or whatever, um, it's a really good idea. Let's say you're going to study Philippians for a while. Really good idea to read a general introduction to Philippians. Oh, They'll put yes. it in its time and place and notable uh, things about the book. Yeah. Um, and a great place to get those would be just buy yourself a really good study Bible. Like I love the big, massive white ESV study Bible that I yes. have. Yes. Um, I really enjoy the notes they have. Usually I am not a fan of putting men's notes on the same page as God's Word. Yes. But but I made an exception in the ESV. <laughs> nice. I really like it. And before every book, there's a great introduction to that book. Uh, and if you want more, of that, at the, end, at the end of the ESV Study Bible, there's like theology proper being taught so you can piece it all together. Just a great all-in-one-place study um, study book. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. I actually, I have a couple of, um, I have a couple different, uh, study Bibles that I use and reference as I'm, uh, looking at God's word. One of them is the ESV study Bible, um, which you're right, just has, um, you know, so many great, um, notes and, you know, to me, to me, anytime, um, you know, men commentate or comment, um, the proper English, uh, comment on God's word, you know, it should always, I I think we should always hold it with a grain of salt. We should always take Paul's advice and be, you know, good Bereans of the word and study the word to see if, you know, these are the things that are actually true and right and noble. Um, but I also, um, I have the, uh, Holman standard, but I have the apologetic study Bible, um, which is just very mm. fascinating. Um, it's got different mm. articles by um, Alistair McGrath. I mean, a lot of people from the um, from the Ravi Zacharias ministry team. But you know, it's got things in there by R.C. Sproul as well and John MacArthur um, on you know defending certain passages in Scripture. And I really enjoy that Bible and uh, enjoy actually looking at both of those um, simultaneously to get some of the theological. Um, 
aspects of what's going on in Scripture, but also to get some of the uh, scientific aspects of what's going on in Scripture and to see the the logical or the defense of Scripture in certain passages. So uh, that's one that I would recommend. Pretty cool, pretty cool. But uh, I think the reason I got a bad taste yeah. studies, in my mouth about study Bibles is when, when I was first converted, 17, the day I turned 18 and went to Bible college, and I found out maybe a third of the student body there came from heavily dispensational churches where the Schofield Study Bible was, <laughs> you know, better yes. than sliced bread. Yes. It was the thing to have. And Schofield's notes were like the definitive, authoritative answer to any doctrinal question. Yes. And that kind of offended me. I thought, this is just a guy. Yes. You got his words down there, and you know his words better than you know the words above them that are God's words. Right. Why don't you, why don't you drop the guy? So uh, it took me a lot of years to get to the point where I could buy this ESV study Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I I actually resonate a lot with you on that, Steve, because I had so many people um, when I was you know a new believer or not a new believer, but I was a teenage believer. Um, you know, telling me, oh, you need to have all these commentaries and notes and, you know, by these people. And I was like, you know, it's just, it's a bunch of dudes giving their thoughts on what scripture says. And they're like, well, you know, I mean, these guys actually go in and they, you know, study the Hebrew and the Greek. And, and I just kind of looked at it. And I was like, you know what? I can appreciate studying the Bible in its original language. Um, but I said, at the end of the day, if I believe that God's word has been preserved and translated through languages, then do I really have anything to fear when understanding what his word says? <laughs> um, right. You know, so I, I think, you know, I, and I think sometimes that can be an intimidation for people who are studying God's word is they feel like, man, you know, I, this is, this is a sacred, holy tome that I have to make sure I get so many people who are smarter than me, um, and, and get, you know, and find out what they have to say about it. And, you know, let me say that this is, this is the word of God. And so, yeah, I do think there is a level of holiness to it because of that. I think it carries more weight to it than, you know, any other book that we have, but, I also believe that God has given um, every person the ability to who who is a believer to read and understand the word through um, through the Holy Spirit, and that if we are truly yeah. seeking after Him in what His Word says, He's not going to um, He's not going to let us you know go away with a misunderstanding um, of the importance of the important things of doctrine. You know, if we're truly seeking after God and after Jesus Christ and we're reading about Christ's life, we're going to have an understanding of salvation. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel uh, that he's going to leave us hanging on that. I totally agree. And, and at the same time, of course, as we already said, I'm, I'm very much in favor of good quality commentaries. Yes. Um, but here's what I would recommend. Read the Bible itself. Let's do Philippians again. Read Philippians over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and then after you've done that and you feel like you're really getting an understanding of the book and you can close your eyes and you can picture where on the page, left-hand page, right column, two-thirds of the way down, that's where that verse is. Yes. You've learned the geography of your Bible. Oh, if you're using a paper Bible, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would I would highly I'm I'm old school man. I would highly recommend that. I mean fine you want to use your app, okay. But you can't see much real estate on a page with your app. 
Yes. And you need to see a lot of real estate with a Bible spread open, and there's what I just read, here's what I'm reading now, yes. and you can circle it easily and mark it easily and so on. So anyhow, I'd read it and 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 read it, read it, and then maybe turn to a commentary and see, now let's see if I got that right. Yes. And, of course, the reason I want to turn to commentaries is because I understand how weak I am, how easy it would be for me to misunderstand things, and I understand I am not the first Christian to come along in church history and read the Bible, right? Yes, yes. Many have, many have gone before me, and uh, they've studied their brains out and prayed their hearts out, and here's what they found in Scripture. I had to compare what I found to what they found and see if there's anything you know, the same, and if not, maybe they're right, maybe I'm wrong. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. No, I agree. And, I, you know, I think... Um, I, I think it would be easy, you know, and, and Steve, we've, we've been doing this podcast. I mean, you've been on since the beginning, basically. So we're, we're, we're going on, uh, two, two and a half, over two and a half years. It'll be three years in February. Wow. And, um, wow. and you know that, you know, that I, when Greg was on here and I know you too, um, we're never ones for steps and tricks and principles and ideas, but I think this is something that people really struggle with. And I think sometimes a good practical, you know, boost or a good practical word of encouragement, you know, to help people get in and study God's word is, is needed sometimes, you know, no matter what the subject or topic is. And so, you know, one of the first things that I would want to encourage people on is, you know, be confident in approaching God's word. Don't be arrogant. Um, you know, many people are arrogant when they approach God's word, but I, I would say be confident. You know, that same confidence that um, that we're told about in Hebrews where we can approach the throne of grace with confidence, I believe we can approach God's word with confidence knowing that, um, you know, he has, he has given it to us and so we can read it not not fearing it. Absolutely. I can expect that he will help me to understand it. Yes. And if I do come to an error on something, somebody will correct me. He'll yes. Use somebody else to correct me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely approach it with confidence and with joy. Yes. You know, this is going to be a pleasure. This is God's word, man. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to have fun getting into this. Yes. Um, I'd also, going back to the paper Bible, I should say, I, I, you know, know yourself. Know yes. what works for you. Yes. Uh, there's not one rule. The early yes. Christians, most of them did not have Bibles. Bibles were a very expensive luxury. A whole lot of them couldn't read anyway. Yep. So Scripture doesn't tell them all, you must read the Bible every day. Right. Uh, we're blessed, though, that we can read yes. the Bible a lot, maybe every day. Um, but know yourself. Maybe you do better listening to the Bible. Okay, then listen to it. Yep. And, yep. and maybe you can redeem the time, and you're on your commute and going to work, and you listen to the Bible. I know some people who do. One of my sons does. Yep. Uh, good for you, man. You're, you're getting Bible intake. Yes. And maybe for somebody else, you know, just smaller portions on their app are good for them. Well, way to go. Yes. For me, I want a nice big study Bible all spread open. So know yourself. Know yes. what works for you. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because um, I know for me, I went for years um, with, you know, Bible, um, a physical Bible. Uh, and I still, I mean, I still have several physical Bibles that I love to go to and turn to and reference. And uh, you are absolutely right, Steve. One of the things that I miss um, in my transition into, uh, you know, the digital age, um, it's very convenient mm -hmm. to pick up my phone, to pick up my iPod and, and flip to the app and open it up and, and read God's word. And I, I enjoy that convenience. However, one of the things that I miss 
is like you said, the familiarity with the place in my Bible where, um, you know, when I was teaching Bible class and I would have students that would ask me questions, I would very easily, I wouldn't know the, the, the verse. I wouldn't even sometimes know the chapter, but I could flip to the part of my Bible. Isn't that something? And geography, man. Yes. Yes. And so that is, you're right. That is one of the things that I miss. It's like I can drive from my house to Walmart. But I don't know the names of half the roads between yes. here and there. But I can drive them. Yes. And that's what you're saying. You wouldn't know the chapter and the verse, but but you can tell me what's there. Yes, exactly. And I think I you know, like I said, I just I miss that aspect um of it. And you know, that's um that's something that personally for me, I'm not uh, again, hear me, I'm not telling our listeners, you need to do this. But for me personally, that's something that I want to pick back up again because I do miss that. I miss being able to, when somebody asks me a question about the Bible, you know, turn to that to that section and be able to find that. Um, find it. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and, and yeah. even marking my Bible up, you know, I used to spend so much time yes. with a pen and highlighter in hand making notes and, um, you know, Color-coded. jotting things down. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, there, there is, there are things that, um, that are missed, uh, or that I miss, I should say, I know you can do all that stuff digitally and people will, you know, send in comments and and things like that. Oh, you can do that digitally. And I do that. And, you know, it's like, that's great. I just, um, you know, I, I really missed the book itself, the pages and, you know, getting in there and, and doing that, that work. Um, Makes sense. So. so here's here's something I would recommend, and this is what I did when I was first converted, or when I turned 18 anyway. Yeah. Started getting real serious about Bible study and learning Scripture and stuff. Yeah. Uh, first, I was at college, so I had I had some extra time on my hands. But I, I spent a ridiculous amount of time every day just reading Scripture. I really did. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know, somebody told me this method, and I just thought, that sounds good, and I did it. Yep. So I want to pass it on to future generations. Yes, if yes. Anybody will listen to me. If it's really good, um, I would take a book of the Bible. I'll go Philippians again. I would pick that book, and I read it in its entirety every day for 30 days. Mm, yes, yes. Then the next month, I'd go into Colossians and read it in its entirety every day for 30 days. Then I'd go back and review Philippians. And by now you're you're jotting all kinds of cross references in the margin. Yes. Hey, it's in Philippians here, it's in Colossians there. Yes. And you're learning all the geography on the page. So like you just said, you can easily find it again. Yep. But I'll tell you what, when you're done reading Philippians in its entirety every day for thirty days, you know that book. Yes. Yes. In fact, without trying, you have memorized a lot of that book. And yes. You can quote a lot of that book. Um, so I really like that. Now there are plenty of great methods. Use use the one that suits you. Yeah. Um, but I like that more than like let's say you're pretty new to the Bible and you say, well, I'm going to start in Genesis and read through Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to get bogged no... down somewhere around <laughs> numbers. Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a, there's an old Greek saying. I'll say it in Greek. It's uh, oh, let me see if I can remember it now. <laughs> It means uh, not many, but much. Mm, Not many, but much. Now, if I try to cover the whole Bible in a year, that's a great thing to do. You ought to do that sometime, maybe, in your Christian life. And I've done that many years running. Um, But, you know, by the time I get to Leviticus, I can't remember what was in Genesis. Yes, yes. But if I just took 
let's take Philippians again, and read it every day for 30 days, I'm going to remember it for a long, long time. Uh, so I'd, I'd just really encourage reading and rereading and rereading until you can't stand it anymore, then go on to a new book. Yes. I like that. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's really good. And really, I mean, the reality is you can read through – um, half of Philippians in one sitting. I mean, you know, depending on what your devotional Pretty time quickly, is, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, yeah, you can either get through half or all of the book when, you know, you sit down and do one devotional. So if you think you're actually reading through the entire book of Philippians or the entire book of Colossians every single day, I mean, that has significant weight. And that is, you know, that is such a tremendous impact on um, your your growth spiritually. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I remember doing um, about the time when I was in eighth grade going into ninth grade is I started getting into and I started reading um, a proverb a day. You know, there are 31, yes. 31 days, 31 proverbs. Um, yes. And so, you know, I don't I mean, I don't always do that, but I know that a lot of times for me, if I'm. Um, if I'm in a period where I've just I'm coming out of a dry spell of reading scripture or not reading scripture, I mean, you know, I'll be totally honest. Sometimes that happens mm -hmm. where, you know, I'll just I'll go days, weeks, sometimes it's even months where I, you know, where I haven't really read scripture. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I really I I get that, you know, that urge to get back in, you know, and it's like I really I want to get back into the Bible and I really want to read the Bible again and start studying again. And I'll, I'll get in there and I'll just start like, I don't know where to begin. And, you know, I've been a Christian, um, for, for most of my life at this point, uh, since I was eight years old. And so it seems kind of silly. Like, I don't know where to start studying the Bible. I'll, I'll just go back to Proverbs and I'll figure out, okay, you know, today's the 10th and I'll go to the 10th um, chapter and I'll start reading. And usually just doing that will will trigger something in me. You know, I'll read something about, um, you know, one of the Proverbs of Solomon, which will trigger something in me about, oh, you know, this is probably, you know, David was probably speaking these words to him, you know, when he says, when I was a young child in my father's house and, you know, and I'll be, and then that'll trigger something. Oh, you know, th this would have been like David. And so, It'll just trigger me to go and jump and read in, you know, first or second Samuel about David, um, which will trigger me to go and read something in the Psalms about, you know, the Messiah, which will trigger me to go and read something in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John about Christ. And it's I, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but for me, there those are just times like I'll have been out of, you know, just that studying and reading for a while. And all of a sudden, before I realize it, I'll have just spent like two hours just jumping through different parts of scripture because of because of the connections that are in there. Pretty sweet. It's kind of a serendipitous approach to scripture. Yeah. You read here and then it takes you over there and then you make a journey over to the other place. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, man. And you know what? I, I man, I hope I'm not a heretic here. You tell me if I am, all right. Um I, I think there's something to be said for different seasons yeah. in a Christian's life. Yeah. So I was first converted. I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about Scripture. And I needed it, man, and I needed it to change me. Yes. I didn't just want to know information, though I wanted that. I wanted transformation yes. in a big way. I wanted my heart to be changed, my loves to change, my desires and passions to change. So I just had to you know, pour a bathtub full of Scripture every day and lie a soak in it. Yes. Uh, I, I needed it. 
Yes. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like arrogant or something, but I, I don't have that same need at this right. point in my Christian life. Um, right. And that's when you said, you know, sometimes you might go days, weeks, once in a while, maybe even a month. You can do that now because you still know Scripture. You're still well-versed at first, pun intended. Yes. Um, you're still established. <laughs> you can you can call to mind truth. You're still uh, probably praying in various yes. seasons throughout every day. Yep. And then you're going to return to the Word. You, you can do that and yeah. get away with it. I couldn't get away with it when I was 18. I yeah. needed it every yeah. day, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's a good point because I remember particularly when I was a teenager – um, I would say feeling, um, you know, and I know that there are probably going to be some people that are like, well, if you're not feeling convicted, then, you know, blah, blah. But as a teenager, I probably felt more convicted to be in the word. Um, yes. And I think a lot of that was during those years, it was more important that I was searching God's word for things. You know, I just I just lost my father um, at a young age. I was 14. Ooh. Um, you know, dysfunctional, um, family at that point and, you know, just all kinds of things going on. And so I think God's conviction in my life to be in the word more was probably more present at that time. And I think, um, you know, like you said, you know, you were a newer Christian. I wasn't quite a newer Christian, but I was going through so many things at that point in time where I needed, I needed to be in the word. That's that's yeah. what I needed, and God was drawing me and keeping me close to His Word during that season. Yeah, and I'd also say, you know, while you're reading Scripture, before you read Scripture, while you read Scripture, after you read Scripture, pray a lot. Mm. Yeah, because you're not just reading for information; you yeah. fill your brain with more knowledge. Yeah, you're, you're reading for your heart. Yes. You're reading for transformation. You're reading for your passions to be changed, your life to be changed. So pray, pray. You might just pray, Lord, change me. Yes. Um, when I used to read those books through every day completely for 30 days, I would often do it literally. I mean, this, I'm not trying to sound pious or something. I don't sure. do this anymore. Sure. It would hurt. But I used to do it on my knees. Like I'd lay my Bible open on my bed. I'd often yep. get on my knees. So it was a joint Bible reading prayer, Bible reading prayer, Bible reading prayer session. And that made it very devotional for me and not just informational. Yes. And it was a, a lot of Lord, you know, I would read maybe a verse and have to meditate on it. Yes. And smell the roses in it and soak it in a little bit and slow down on it and then say, Lord, uh, I want that. Change me. Make me like that. Please work that thing in me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just pray a lot. Because after all, like in the Great Commission, what does Jesus say? Um make disciples, baptize them, and teach them lots of really cool information. Yeah. No, he doesn't say that. Yeah. He says, yeah. make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to do yes. everything that I have commanded you. Yes. So we're to become doers of the Word, not hearers only deceiving ourselves, James. Yeah. So to become a doer, you almost have to pray a lot. Lord, help me do that. Lord, change me in this as you read through the Bible. I would even say, if you don't do much of that when you're reading the Bible, you're not reading the Bible right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's supposed to change you. Yes. No, I I agree and I you know, I think um that it's so true that you know um the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing and so, you know, one of the things that we should remember and keep in mind is, you know, well what does that mean? Does that, you know, obviously I can't, you know, I can't close my eyes and, you know, be, you know, thinking about, you know, thinking about certain things, you know, while I'm driving the car, but, you know, praying without ceasing is 
to me, it is constantly, you know, being in communication and communion with God, um, yeah, you know, amen. with the Father, with the Son, and, you know, the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, and so when we're in Scripture, um, you know, and I'm sure we'll touch on this and, you know, how important this is, but even praying through Scripture. You know, you talked about meditation, yes. Steve, and to me, yes. you know, that's those two things just coincide with one another. You know, I come to a passage of scripture and my meditation, my prayer is now focused and zeroed in on that scripture and praying through that scripture. Um, Absolutely, man. That's transformative. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that just goes along with, um, you know, where it talks about um, in um in is it Romans where it says, you know, the spirit, um, the spirit prays on our behalf, um, you know, that, mm-hmm. that the Holy spirit is, you know, they're interceding for us constantly because we, we don't even know what to pray or how to pray it. And so to me, I think a lot of times people might look at praying through God's word as almost quote unquote scripted. But to me, that's the most effective way to pray because, that that's God's word right there. You know, those are the things that he wants us to pray through that he wants us to pray for. Um, you know, not, not, Hey, I got this parking spot here, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, pray that, you know, when I turn into Walmart, I can get a spot three feet closer. It's like, (laughs) well, you might want to pray that. (laughs) Right. Right. But you know, to me, to me, like if that's all our prayers ever reach, then, you know, we're, we're kind of missing something in scripture where, You know, maybe, maybe the better prayer is, Hey God, how about I get a parking spot further away and I could meet someone and have time to tell them about your word on the way into Walmart. Um, you know, and again, you know, um, it's, it's, I know it's your heart, Steve, and it's my heart too, you know, not to, um, not to be rigid and legalistic with, with these things, you know, to, um, you know, clearly if, um, you know, we are going through things or we see things that we need or even things that we want. You know, I, I do believe that we should be praying for those things, that we should bring those things before God, as well as the things that we know he wants us to pray for. Um, so, you know, I think I think sometimes it can get it, it's easy to get, you know, cynical when we hear about people, you know, they'll talk about. Um, things like that. And I know at least in my heart, I get cynical. It's like, really, you prayed for a parking spot and that's how, you know, you believe God answered your prayer. It's like, no, I, you know what? I think, I think God is sovereign in all things, even, even finding a parking spot closer to, to Walmart. But I think, you know, like you said, if, if that's all our prayer life is, then that's kind of poor. Pretty sad. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I, I think we'll both agree on this. There are times when you study the Bible more for information. Oh, yeah. And there are times when you study the Bible more for transformation, and sometimes yes. you do them both. Yes. So let's say you decide, I want to study all the eschatology, future events, mm. end-time events, major mm. portions of the Bible. Yes. Um, and you're going to study them topically. You're, you're really gaining information, trying to figure out, am I, remember our last podcast, pre-mill, off-mill, yes. post-mill, windmill, what am I? Yes, yes, um, yes. So you're, you're looking for information, although even then, remember, even eschatology is given for a practical reason. Comfort one another with these words, yes. where Peter says, mm. knowing that these things are going to be what manner of people should we be in all righteousness and godliness and so yes. on. So uh, it's given for a practical reason, but sometimes you're more information. But most of the time, we're probably looking, in my opinion, probably ought to be looking for transformation. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm looking right now at 
Titus 2, mm. and uh, I've always loved this. This has intrigued me. He says, but as for you, verse 1, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Mm. That actually became the title of a book by a, a great man named J. Dwight Pentecost, heavy-duty dispensational Dallas Seminary background, <laughs> and his book was titled Things That Become Sound Doctrine. That's the King James version of that. And then he had a very doctrinal, doctrinal, doctrinal book, which is fine. I'm glad he, but somebody's got to write doctrine. You need to learn it. But it's interesting. When Paul says, as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine, guess what the next words are? Here's the sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded. Yes. Dignified self-controlled, et cetera, et cetera. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers. Uh, they teach the younger women. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. So sound doctrine is not just, have I learned eschatology facts? Sound yes. doctrine is, am I learning to be sober, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness? Yes, yes. No, that's that's so good. And Steve, if I may, I want to ask you a question because um, – I, you know, I was a Bible teacher for a number of years, and so my my job became finding information or learning information that I could then teach to my students. Yes. Um, do you do you ever find it difficult? Because I know, I mean, I you know, and I'll just throw this out there. I know I did. Did you ever find it difficult to um, separate the the transformational effect that the Bible is having on your life versus? you know, the informational uh, download you were trying to get from the Bible. Um, do you ever find that difficult sometimes to, you know, where, where you're going through and you're doing a study and, um, you know, you just, you kind of look up from the study and it's like, you know what, I, I, I think I've been so involved in the information that I've forgotten to, to get into the transformation. Has that happened? Yeah, I think that has happened sometimes, but honestly, probably not near as many times as it should have uh -huh. more likely uh fallen twisted corrupt frail christ-eating man that i am uh i'll just do the doctrinal thing only and end and smack my lips and say all right that was good yeah and go on when i ought to be saying all right now lord what what do you want me to do from this how do you want to change me from this yeah so fortunately most of scripture does force me to think about Yes. How am I supposed to change, and what's this mean for my life, and so on? Yeah, yeah. Why do you do you find that's that's a situation for I, you? I did. You, yeah, when I taught Bible class, I found that 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 happened. Um, that happened a little bit where I would get in and I would get into a lesson, and I would be so focused on the lesson that I was trying to teach students that I would I would glance over the effect that it should have had on me. And I think some of that just stemmed from growing up in a Christian school, um, growing up in a Christian home, where, where some of the lessons that I was trying to teach them were lessons that I had learned at a young age. And, and again, to me, like that's more to my arrogance and conceit than you know, God's effect in my life because these lessons are always pertinent um, no matter uh, what stage of life I'm in. But yeah, I, f I found that that would happen to me. Um, often where I would be in the middle of teaching a lesson or I would be in the middle of studying uh, to be able to teach a lesson. And it just was, it, it was like any other subject at that point. The, you know, the, what the Bible should have been, that transforming power, the truth of God's word just became another textbook. Mm, yeah, that's, that'd be pretty bad. I'm, uh, you know, as a pastor, obviously I'm preparing sermons most weeks of my life. Yep. I've been doing it for a long, 
for a long, long time. And um, I don't know why. I have I have never found it difficult at all. In fact, I, I have found it impossible to prepare a sermon without that sermon really hitting me mm. as I prepare it, without yeah. really speaking to me about my life all week long. Yeah. And it's not infrequent that what I end up preaching, some of it at least, is what I needed to hear. So I figured sure. I needed it, they probably need it, so I'm going sure. to preach this to them. Um, so at least, uh, you know, I wasn't a school teacher. That's a different atmosphere. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a pastor who's preaching, and a whole lot of the aim of that is going to be life change. Information, yes, but life change based on the information. Yeah. Um, so the, the life change focus of that affects me as I'm in Scripture for sermon prep yeah. all the time. It's life change. Yeah. Um, Steve, let me ask you some of the, um, differences, um, because I, you know, I think, and and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, um, but just kind of expand on it a little bit. Some of the differences between, um, and benefits, um, even limitations between individual, um, study and group study. Uh, maybe you could touch on that and address that, like the limitations of each and the benefits of each. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> this might not be the answer you want to hear. Maybe for once we'll have a little disagreement here, Nathan. There we go. That'd be pretty awesome. All right, let's so, let's find uh, out. I'm I'm not a big fan of the group study thing. Now I'm going to come back to that and say there are some advantages. There's some helps in it, mm-hmm. but I'm really going to favor just you get alone with God, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, your Bible, and you know, read your brains out. Uh, just, uh, what did they say? Oh, there's an old saying about uh, study yourself dead and then pray yourself alive again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know, you study the Word and it clobbers you, and then you pray yourself alive again. That's right. Study and it clobbers you, and you pray yourself alive again. So just, just do that. But then th- the group thing is, and of course I'm all for community groups. We have a pile of them in our church. Yes. We have people gather and yes. studying things together. Is you hear other people's viewpoints, and you hear what other people got out of that passage that you missed, but you need to hear from the passage. Yeah. So that, that's the big advantage, I think. What do you think? Is, is that the big advantage, or is there, are there others? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely think that's one of them. Um, and, I, and to me, when I said group study, that's more what I was thinking of is the community groups. Because to me, I think it's great you know, to read Scripture and to do it and to, to read on your own. I think sometimes I know personally for myself, I can run into problems where if I'm just doing it and reading it on my own, uh, sometimes the convicting power of scripture, I can kind of gloss over that and I yes. can, I can kind of look at that and be exactly. like, well, I'm not really that bad or, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I can become pharisaical, you know, that person's worse than I am, you know, where in, to me in a group setting, um, you're faced with people who are going to be, um, who are going to be honest with you, you know, and if yeah. you try to gloss over how you are, you know, hopefully by God's grace. And I, and I mean this in all sincerity, there are people who will call you out on it and say, well, you know, I, I actually, no, I think you are that bad. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean that God's grace doesn't cover you, but you know, let's, let's have a reality check here. Um, well, we, and we definitely have to live the entire Christian life in community. Yes. We're not lone rangers. Yes. So, uh, so I also have to read the Bible in community, including the community of the saints who went before us. So I've got to read old commentaries yes, and you know things written by dead guys. Uh, they're part of my community. 
but also my community is, you know, people who are in my face and in my life who love me and care for me. So absolutely, we need all the above. In fact, I think maybe like in an ideal world, yeah, I would study Philippians chapter one really hard and pray over it really hard and meditate over it really hard all week or all month. And then I get together with my friends who have done the same. Yes. And then we have at it. Yes. You know, what did you get? What do you think that means? What struck you? And so on and so forth. Yes. What part did you understand? What part didn't you understand? And then we would really profit from each other's presence. Yes. Yes. One of, uh, I, I know for me, one of the sweetest times of fellowship that I had was um, a good friend of mine who was living he- here in Maryland at the time. He and his wife have moved um, because he's going to seminary. Um, and we were we would get together on a weekly basis and we would read the passage and um, we would get together and we would do that. We would talk about it and we would, you know, what, you know, what were the things that jumped out at you? You know, what are the things that you saw? And then what we would do is after we discussed it, he would actually bring along his commentaries and we would open up his commentaries after that. Uh And then we would look at the commentaries. Um, Here's what Gordon Fee says. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, to me, that was actually a really, um, you know, sweet time of, uh, you know, just fellowshipping with a brother. And to me, like that profitable time of, of um, you know, Bible study, you know, one on one where we could discuss things. And, you know, sometimes we would be in a book and we would you know, say, Hey, all right, you know, let's go ahead and read, you know, this chapter. And then we would get together and we would talk about the first verse. And then we would just hang out in the first verse, the entire um, uh, hour or a half hour that we were meeting, whatever it was. Wow. And, um, you know, t- to me, like that's, you know, that's the, the, you know, that's what the community is. You know, it's not like the group Bible study where you go out and get, you know, the latest and greatest, um, you know, new Bible study book and you go through yeah, it chapter book. and verse and fill yeah. in the blank. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can see why you would call that sweet, man. That's, that's a sweet scenario. You just uh, described for us, you and this friend. Yeah. Man, that sounds like, like David and Jonathan friendship going on there. Yeah. You and this friend doing that kind of sweet stuff with scripture. That's just so nourishing and satisfying to do that. Yes. Yes. And I, and I know for me, again, like I was saying, it's just, uh, I know my heart and I know that my heart can twist things around. So again, even though I've been a Christian for so many years and I know what God's word says, and I know what it says within context of scripture. And, um, I, I also know that my heart can look at that and say, well, I don't think that really means that. Um, and you know, I can get away with, you know, but when you're, when you're with someone who is, you know, as Proverbs says, as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens Mm -hmm. another, when you're with someone who's Mm -hmm. constantly sharpening you and who is willing to be honest and be like, yeah, I think you're wrong with that. And you really can't get away with making scripture say that. And, you know, it, it, there's that humbling aspect of, yeah, you're right. You know, there's that accountability yeah. of coming before a brother and, okay, yeah, you're right. I really, I can't do that. Yeah. And again, because, uh, in my opinion, humans are not primarily thinking beings. We are primarily loving beings. It's our hearts yeah. that dictate everything else. Uh, keep your heart carefully because out of it flow all the issues of life. It's your heart. Yes. So my, my heart will cause me to connive an interpretation of scripture that fits what I want in yes. my heart. Yes. 
Yeah, so I, I can't be trusted. I yes. can't trust my heart. My heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So I need a brother who doesn't have that same heart thing going on to say to me, no, 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 yeah, you're right. way off. Right. And here's why, because your heart's in the wrong place. Yes. So absolutely. I love what you're saying. Yeah. And it, I mean, it works both ways, you know, being able to be, you know, the other piece of that iron for a brother, you know, when, you know, when they're weak, we are strong for them and coming beside them and lifting them up. And when we're weak, they're strong for us coming beside us and lifting us up. And, you know, to me, yeah. like that's, you know, that's the body of Christ is, you know, we all have different gifts and abilities and are able to uplift one another in in what god has given us man the body it's sweet I'm yeah glad it's a body yeah not just me it's the body yes yes um so yeah i mean you know this has been um this has been so great and i'm looking at the time like really has has it been i mean we're we're coming up on 50 minutes here um but before we, you know, before we wind down, Steve, I just wanted to ask, you know, were there were there some final thoughts or ideas that you had for people um, that maybe we hadn't brought up or considered yet? Yeah, I think one thing we didn't touch on um, is, is maybe it's part of the summit I said earlier about know yourself. Mm. Yes, know yourself whether you should listen to the Bible or read the Bible. Know yourself whether an app or paper is better, but also know yourself about when you can make it work and don't mm. listen to other people about when they're going to make it work. Yeah. So, you know, you, you read somewhere, I'm making this up. Martin Luther got up at four thirty AM and then he whipped himself for an hour right. and then he read scripture for an hour and then he prayed for an hour and then he had, you know, gruel for breakfast or something. All right. That's, that's really wonderful that you read that. <laughs> don't think you need to do that. Right. Um, uh, getting up at four thirty. Oh, I get up four thirty. I'm an early guy, but get, Getting up at four thirty to read your Bible for an hour might not be a good idea for you. Yeah. Um, so figure out when. Also, it probably helps most of us. Yeah. Note my weasel words, but it probably helps most of us to have a regular time when we are going to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, maybe you find like when you're eating breakfast, you're reading your Bible. Yeah. Maybe you find that. When you park your car at work, now the wife's not there, the kids aren't there, the dog's not there, the bills aren't there. I'm alone in my car. I got 10 minutes before I got to go in. I have 10 minutes alone with God. I can read my Bible and I can pray. And you do that most days. You leave early enough to get those 10 minutes. Whenever it is, there might be a set time that would work for you. And then other people, set times don't work. They just need to play it day by day. Yes. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree and love what you said about that because I remember for so long, so many people in my life telling me in order to be, you know, a good Christian, you need to get up at this time and you need to read for this long and you need to pray for this long. And I just, I found that I could not do it. But what I did find was, you know what, I, I enjoy the evening. And so before bed, you know, I'm not the type of person that I get into bed and my head hits the pillow and I'm gone. I, you know, I get into bed and I kind of need to unwind a little bit. And so for me, um, reading and studying scripture became a huge part of my, my nighttime routine, my bedtime routine. Wow. Sweet um, dreams, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really like that, you know, that time of, of prayer where I would set aside, you know, maybe about 10 minutes to, to specifically pray. But then, but then I would find, you know, I'd lay down, turn the light off and, I would continue my prayer into sleep. 
Um, How could you not? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, for me, that was just such a relaxing thing to do. Um, and, and it was a profitable thing for me to do. I mean, you know, I can't yeah. tell you how many countless scriptures that I memorized doing that, um, where during the day, I mean, I would, you know, try to get up early and read and I'd be falling asleep into, into the Bible. Yeah. But you've probably heard Christians like, like I've heard Christians just like weigh in against that reading the Bible at night. Like they'll say, you know, you wasted your whole day. You didn't start it with scripture. You didn't start your day with God. You got to read it in the morning. Yeah. What good is it at night? You're about to go to sleep and all that stuff. Well, the Bible never says that. You know, just yes. stop the legislating stuff and uh, read your Bible when, when works best for you. Actually, I think reading it right before bed sounds wonderful. I would probably sleep so much better. Mm. In fact, just tongue in cheek here, the devil would put you to sleep because he didn't want you reading the Bible. Yes. Yes. I, do, I don't know that he has power to put me to sleep. I didn't really mean that. Right, anyway. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just meant to be funny. Yes. No. Um, and and it's so true, you know, just whatever, you know, to me, if, if you know, people who want to try to legislate the Bible, you know, forget, you know, passages, you know, that talk about, you know, no matter uh, that, that just reading God's word is going to be profitable to us. You know, um, all those, whenever reasons. you read it, yeah, whenever you Amen. read it. And so, you know, again, like there are people that they are just wired to be night people and they're, you know, uh, Steve, we're going to get done with this and you're, you're probably going to, you know, soon hit the pillow and be ready for bed. I'm going to get done with this and I'm going to start my night. <laughs> um, you know, this, this reminded me of a couple I know, um, when they go to bed every night, they're they're about my age. I'm 63. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to bed, and the last thing they do every day is they pray together. Debbie mm-hmm. and I don't do this, by the way. I'm not saying you have to do this. Right. They do. So he prays, and then she prays. But what happens is, usually halfway through her prayer, he starts snoring. <laughs> <laughs> He's just out, man. He's out. That is excellent. And, and you know, aside from that, I, I think you bring up another good point about um, relationships. And, uh, you know, this is just kind of inadvertently um, because I know so many couples and so many families who do devotions together. And I, th- I think it's great. I, I think that there is something um, special and unique about that. Joy and I have never been one of those couples. We have never been a couple to do a Bible study together. Um, you know, I am too much of a thinker and debater. And so, um, you know, I enjoy reading scripture and I enjoy talking to people about it and debating it and arguing it. And, um, I think I would drive joy nuts and she might actually (laughs) kill me if we did that. Um, you know, and so I think I think it's okay, you know, because sometimes you'll hear this too. Oh, if you're a couple or you have a family, you should be, you know, having those devotions together. You should be doing yeah. this stuff together. And you know what? I, I think if you are the type of family and couple that can do that, yeah, I, th- I think you should, you know, if, if that yeah, works great. for you. Um, but I think that there are so many families and couples out there who are beating themselves over the head trying to make this thing work. And it's like, you know what? Just accept the fact that it's okay. And, you know, if, if you can't do it, if you, if you both separately are, you know, having your time to get, having your time with God and encouraging one another in your marriage and, and you see God's word, word transforming your lives in your marriage and in your family, then, you know, be, 
oh, just be happy and content with that, that God is still working in and through your family. Man, I'm impressed. I want to really commend you for your courage to come out and say, you know what? We don't do that. Joy and I don't do that. It doesn't work for us. Uh, because there's so many people who say, you know, you've got to do this. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, here's here's the drum you and I beat a lot. I'm going to beat it again. Yeah. Scripture never says that. Yeah. God, God in his word never says husbands and wives need to have daily devotions together. Show me that passage. Yeah. And then somebody will go to Ephesians 5, well, the husband loves his wife and wants to sanctify her as Christ loved the church. Yeah. Well, that's true, but yeah. it doesn't say by means of daily Bible reading. Yes. You're adding that part. Yes. So, um, I mean it, man. I commend you for your courage in doing that. Oh, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Oh. This is this has been great, Steve. You're you're so right. You were saying offline, you know, this is um, this is the perfect end to a long day, and I completely agree with you. This has been um, this has been exciting. This has been awesome. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to talk yeah, about. Yeah, in, in spite of enjoying this Oktoberfest while we've been talking, and it's empty now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so revved up from this conversation. It's been so much fun. I'm not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> I have to do something to unwind a little bit. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, sorry on that end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I enjoyed hanging out with you tonight, and uh, I enjoyed this discussion we had. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, so blessed to to have you on again. And uh, I realized last week as I was editing the podcast, we forgot our signature sign off. So. I'm going to make sure that I uh, that I kick it back and um, say, Steve, we just rocked the Casbah. We did. These go to 11.